0: You are listening to The Ben Keats Show, where every day the objective is simple. Ben will never stop fighting the fight and lighting the light on topics that affect you every day. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, all you married, separated, divorced, single people, whomever you are. Thank you for coming and tuning into the show. Maybe you're watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify or whatever. Glad to have you. Uh, My name is Ben Keach. This is The Ben Keach Show. And this is episode 22. 22. And the name of this show is What's Wrong With Divorce? What's Wrong With Divorce? Now, a couple things before I get into it. Seems like an obvious, a simple question, maybe with a simple answer. Um, One of the things that I've found since my divorce... Is that when you date and when you meet people, people always have a story. So I've asked and talked about this question to countless females. and you're you're always gonna kind of be in one of three categories on this answer. And I think this answer is gonna kind of propel us to some of the things we're gonna look at today. So the one thing is is you're gonna get one answer that is, He's horrible, he's bad, he did this. And I'm just assuming that they're right. So there's no judgment what I'm saying, okay? The other answer is going to be, you know, perhaps a little bit more, you know, we saw things this way. We were different in this way or we grew out of love or something that has more of the, the, um, the idea of where we both fell short. And you'll hear that not as much. Mo- Mostly, you hear that the other person's basically like the same as Satan. Um, and the third thing is sometimes people just don't want to talk about it, and so they have their thoughts or ideas or whatever happen, but they're going to be very vaulted with that information. They're not. They're not going to want to share. And Like I said, I've heard it all, and I'm sure they've heard it all. Anybody that's dated in their you know 40s and 50s or later in life. Everybody has a story, and people love to tell their story and So the question is but what's wrong when div- what's wrong with divorce um we'll get to the kid part here in a little bit, but i think it's I think it's kind of best in looking at this before we look at what's wrong with it. let's look at what causes it what what are things that happen to people? You know, I always go to these, you know, these beautiful weddings and when, you know, two people are falling in love and, you know, their life is in front of them and their dreams are there and they're, you know, it's just everything and it's not always like this, but can be, you know, maybe it's very romantic and it's very invigorating and we're going to get a house together and we're going to start a family together. We're going to do these things. You're my person, which is one of my least favorite phrases, but you don't understand what I mean. Like we're going to do these things together and great. So what goes wrong? And if there are things that we can determine that go wrong, are there things we can do to correct or fix that? because there are things that are wrong with divorce, which which, like I said, we'll get to. So let's look at some of the causes. One of the things that I'm fascinated with is that within divorce, the people that choose to get a divorce would have stayed for just a little bit more. What I mean by that is if 10%, 15%, these are arbitrary numbers, but I'm making a point in my observations, That these numbers, had they had something been different to that level, they would have stayed when people, most people, when they're married, they want to stay married. They want, they want it to work. They're not getting into it most of the time with it not working and the ramifications financially and on the children are exponential. We know it's, it's, it's a big impact, right? So that's one of the interesting things is people would stay for just a little bit more so why can't we meet them there what what happens to that okay well let's let's look at marriage for a second and and some core principles that maybe aren't talked about enough in the dating play in the dating phase of it let's start with the word control control is bad Nobody wants to be controlled. So what are some ways that we see men control women? We see men control women out of their own insecurities, out of their jealousy. We see men control women um, in this in an unhealthy masculine way because they're a man. I'm going to like, that's not good. And there are signs early on if you choose to look for it. So what we don't want is we don't want a man to control a woman in that way. We also don't want a woman to control a man either. And so what that means is you're going to do this type of job. You're going to do this. You're going to, you're going to be able to fix these things for me. You're going, to, you're going to do certain things. And what control leads to is tension and stress. And we find that it's difficult to control people. Ultimately, some people, when you try to control, they're just going to stick up their middle finger at you and say, no, other people are going to be more passive aggressive. They may say something here because they're not strong enough to attack you back. So then they do other things. They start avoiding you. They pull away from the family. Sometimes they even have an affair because they're not They're They're not able to counter that control. So the one thing that we want to talk about to dating people is, is number one, you're not in this relationship to control them. Just, just lose that as one of your objectives. What we, what we would like to do instead is we would like to express our needs, our desires, what we want and, and hope and pray that that person meets us in those places, Versus coming down from any type of authoritarian standpoint in terms of trying to control someone. It's just not going to work. Nobody wants to be controlled. Number two. Expectations. This is a big one. and needs to be talked about before people get married. What are your expectations for your life? Ask the question 20 years from now. You're sitting across this table. And we're having this conversation. What do you want your life to look like? What What are you trying to achieve? What? What would bring you joy, what may not bring you joy? Start having those conversations, have them with each other. Where are we going together? Because what happens is when you get married, you are now navigating life on the same path. Now you may be over here and they may be over here. You may be on two different, you may have different goals, but you're on the same path while you're going towards those goals. So if, if she's going here and this is what she wants, maybe her goal is um, the type of mother she, she's going to want to be or how much time she gets to spend with the kids. Maybe his goal is something related to his career. Whatever those goals are, you're going together. So you need to know that. So if his goal is to make a particular amount of money, amount of money or to have a certain level of prestige, what we want to make sure is, we want to help each other achieve those goals as long as it's not countering against the family and what, what's good for us. And and the same thing with her. If If her goal is, I really want to be with my children as they're growing up as much as possible, her goal isn't necessarily to see how much money that she can make. That's not her goal. She's needing that for you, from you, so she can do what she needs to d- d- be. When she's not able to do those things, when he's not able to do those things, expectations are are, our view of our own expectations can hinder the relationship that's happening. You have to have open dialogue conversations about these things to to understand each other better. And sometimes what happens in relationships is when expectations fall short when people talk about falling out of love or whatever, it's just that when those expectations fall short, then they, they, they can stop meeting people where they are because they feel slighted or that something's going wrong. And that's, that's not good. Um, so you have to have these conversations. Um, number three is acceptance. So what I mean by acceptance is that you are not going to be able to change your spouse. You are going to have to accept things about your spouse that you don't like, and if you're constantly, if you can't accept and you ridicule, show sarcastic attitudes toward it, if you um, don't, if you don't accept certain things, it's going to eat you up. You can become bitter towards that person. Then you can grow indifferent toward them, very callous towards them. And these things don't push us to have a happy, healthy marriage. When we look at people that fall in love, fall out of love, sometimes the way that it's presented is just this, you know, like I'm walking down the, I'm walking down a trail at the park and I just took this path. And I guess that path wasn't us together. And we just kind of grew and we just went separate directions. It's not, it's not the case the the, the, the reality of it is it's, it's stemmed from our expectations, how we accept, ex accept others and then how we still invest in the relationship that th- this is what gets slighted. What gets slighted is I don't want to spend time with this person. I'm not I'm caught up in raising the kids. I'm not caught up in being the husband or wife that I'm created to be. that becomes the issue. And then people stop progressing because they just stop caring they stop trying. And so what we need to do, Is we need to talk to people who are considering marriage. Actually, we need to talk to them before they're ever considering marriage. We need to show that this is what marriage is. Unfortunately, all of these elements control expectations, how one's accepted, how they progress and become more healthy individuals. Every single person that gets married will deal one way or another with all four of those words i was like, well, I'm not going to try to, it's rare to say I'm not trying to control and they're not trying to control me. Okay, let's go to the next one. But for the most part, that's true. So we have to talk about that. It. It's not necessarily just talking about, do you put the toilet seat up or down? It's not necessarily just about if you, if you clean the refrigerator or even necessarily how much money you make. These elements creep into our marriages and can eat them up from the inside out to where we're left as being a shell of ourselves, trying to pick up the pieces later on in life while our kids are wondering what the heck happened. I thought you guys were going to be married forever. Okay. So the results of this divorce, again, the title of episode 22 you're watching, hopefully on YouTube, subscribe, hit that button. It doesn't cost anything. I promise. What's wrong with what's wrong with divorce. Okay. So the results we know. Um, you know the the you know personally me going through a divorce was something I never thought was possible Um, as a teacher the things I'm talking about in this podcast are things that I talked about with my students and I care very I'm very passionate about marriage I'm very passionate about relationships and doing well I failed in my marriage I I we had our different areas to blame, but it was never something I wanted to tell my kids. It's extremely difficult. The sad part is we can get, we can become so callous to it all. It becomes easier and easier. Ah, divorce has just happened. Ah, whatever. Yeah. You may say that now, but you may not say it when you're in the, in the midst of it. It's extremely difficult. And so what we want is we want to create our, do our part to create a world where relationships are fought and worked for, like our grandparents' generation did. Why did people used to get? Why did people get married and stay married? Well, let's think about it. They married younger. Um, oftentimes, they had more kids. I'm not saying they all had great marriages at all. I'm not saying that. But what was that element in that society? That, that made divorce just a last resort, almost just basically on abuse. If abuse was going on, you would see divorce, but not many more reasons than that. And it didn't even mean that all that was good because there could have been people that stayed in it for whatever, but the, the culture as a whole frowned upon it. Now it's the norm. It's accepted. And so now when we don't feel the best about it when it's not, when they're not doing a, B, C, D and E for us, well, it's just easier to get a divorce. We have to do something to change that. I haven't done any, I haven't, I, I've, I've failed. I can fail and shut up about it for the rest of my life, or I can fail and try to give my kids help and information to be stronger and have a better, healthy relationship. I can start a podcast and talk about it to try to reach people and try to impact people to do better than I did do better than your parents did. You don't have to live in fear that marriage is just something that is basically next to impossible to make work, but it does take certain things. Some of the things I talked about earlier and just the ability, like in just this, like you have to keep working at it. You it's not going to be an easy adventure. But it's going to be one that has immense value to yourself and society, if you can if you take it on in the right way, and the right way means we're not quitting. This is what we do in our family. This is a type of relationship. We're going to talk about those things. Here's a type of relationship we want to have. This is a type of life that we want to have. Vocalize these things. Be proactive about these things. Get counseling when you need counseling keep going on dates, go on vacations together, spend time together, open, open up, open up the Bible, get into word, bring God into your relationship. It has, has an immense impact. If, if, if you are a believer, if, if you're not, then that'd be weird. If you know, two atheists brought God into their marriage, I'd be kind of, ah, what do we do? It's confusing. I don't know. Maybe it'd be interesting. If you do that, let me know. I'd be curious on how that works for you. But th- these are the things that, these are the things that, can can change everything and then kids can be strong and secure in their relation and in what their parents have done and then also in themselves they've seen modeled for them what this looks like and how you have to what devotion looks like what dedication looks like and and we all know that there's some people just for their own safety and and mental health have to get a divorce I'm not here getting into I know divorce is necessary at times, but what I am saying, are there things we can do to lower the rate of divorce? We can do that. There's ways to do that. See previous episodes I've talked about relationship training. Um, These things are important. Okay, let's... um, Obviously, I didn't even get into the whole financial part and the mental health strain that it puts on moms and dads. I mean, the negative effects are endless. But if you if you get a divorce, maybe instead of, and this is just a challenge, it's a challenge to myself, it's a challenge to people who have been divorced. Maybe if you've gotten a divorce, instead of justifying the 20 reasons why you deserve to do whatever you're doing, Why not make it more of a mission of what did I miss out on and what can I do to communicate some of these things to our kids? Kids are afraid of marriage. Marriage is becoming obsolete in people's minds. Why do you think, oh, marriage is just a piece of paper? Why do we hear that all the time? Because of divorce. Marriage has lost its luster because of the amount of divorce. Marriage is supposed to be this thing that lasts, but we're all seeing it where it doesn't last. So. The one thing you can do to give back, give back something to future generations, to your children about marriage in a, in a way that can make them proud and and can give them stability within their own relationships that I can do this. Even if mom or dad failed, I can do this. And kids need that because what marriage brings to a family is economic freedom, um, confidence and who they are and who their parents are in their relationship it brings so much value to our society. When marriage works, all all I'd have to do to prove this is just pretend we're not talking about the quality of marriage, but let's just look at the quantity number for a second. If 90% of the people that got married stay married. Okay. Versus if 10% of the people that got married, stay married you want to look at a crazy society, these are two different worlds. Now, we're somewhere in the middle of those two numbers. Sometimes we're trending upwards, sometimes we're trending downwards, but we've been in the middle here for uh, several decades now. Imagine if we were trending in a direction that was closer to 90% of people who got married stay married. What would that do to our finances? What would that do for our children and their future relationships? That has to be a goal you know, of all the things the government spends stupid time doing. It might behoove us through public schools and through our government to find a way to get that number closer to 90, but you know why they don't because they're cowards because what they the reason why they don't want to talk about this is because if they say we need to do something, well, that's a value judgment. Oh yeah, you're right. It is a value judgment. That's why I'm talking about it. Well, if we do that, then what's gonna happen is that means we're like judging people who got divorced. Well, quit crying. It's not we're not judging don't don't take everything so personal. What we're saying is as a society, we want to trend in this direction. And we're gonna do everything within our power to get people to trend in that direction, whatever that means, whatever that looks like. But when you go to this judgeless, which is actually not true, but when you go to this judgeless society where we you know we don't want to say this that could offend someone that could hurt someone then what we do is we actually educate less we actually take valuable information that people need to know and need to have but it might be but it might be too much and so we decide not to do it that's horrible uh, that's that's not the way to go okay let's go to our song and let's go to our parenting advice on this episode 22 on this beautiful day here in Kansas city. Um, the song we'll do first is by one of my favorite bands. I'll have one of their signs up here one day, Avit brothers. And <laughs> the, the song, the song is the divorce separation blues. And it's kind of a, it's kind of an interesting song. I'm going to, I'm going to read you a line from this song. It's a very, um, kind of funky, catchy song. And there's always creative lyrics with Avett brothers, but this, this particular one kind of kind of caught me off guard a little bit. So I'll tell you what, let me know what you think about this. They say one of every two bound to set a flame. Just speaking of the amount of marriages and in divorce, every level of resentment, responsibility and blame. Well, now I'm bound to break a promise one I made to God and you. And it's just a sad state of that covenant that you made to each other. And that covenant you made before God that we just ultimately get, I'm going to break this promise. I'm going to blame you. I'm not going to take responsibility. There's all this resentment and half of them aren't going to end well. And we can do better and that's the that's my that's my hope and that's my prayer and that's why i'm spending my time talking to you hoping that that happens for more people for sure um the parenting advice today is going to be for those folks those those parents who their marriage ended in divorce or maybe they were never even married and they have these children and it's it's kind of a reoccurring theme with me that I feel like a lot of times where parents fail, they have they struggle with how to parent their kid through their own failure, and sometimes they lower their expectations, sometimes they overcompensate in certain ways, and I would just come back to this: your kids are going to fail too, at something we all do. And We don't want to parent from a place of being defeated. We want to parent from a place of, I know you can do better. I'm going to do everything I can to help you do better because I care about your life. You are my legacy. I want you to achieve in ways that I never could. And so again, the parenting advice—it's—it's it's similar because I've had this advice before—is don't allow your sins, your shortcomings, your failures, to change the expectations of what your kids can be. Don't be over crazy about it, but also don't be afraid to keep those high standards—not out of fear, but just knowing that your kid can do it and and believe in that and give them that hope that you are beside them and. You can do great things, even in areas that I fell short and cause they're going to fall short in areas that maybe you didn't. This is such as life. So anyway, folks, that's the end of episode 22. I hope you're having a, a fabulous day. I hope your marriages can turn to a positive. And if divorce unfortunately found you, I hope you can find a way to, um, change the the trajectory of what that may mean for your legacy and the the folks that follow you so thank you guys have a great day we will talk soon bye-bye thank you so much for listening let's keep the conversation going you can reach out on ben's website www.benkeetshow.com or on social media to chat and please remember to subscribe so that you never miss an episode